0: So excited that we're finally doing this! <laughs> it's like a reunion. Has it been like ten years since that movie we did? Yeah. What yeah, was it actually. called? Oh, American Horror House. No, American. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, and you, yeah, and you, you pronounce the R for the horror. 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 Horror
0: house Horror house. because I'm telling yeah. you I did I I did an interview one time and I said American horror house because I just don't enunciate my R's and they thought I said American House. and I was yeah. like I really don't know if that's the kind of movie that I would be going for but I mean I'm <laughs> who's to complain but the funniest thing is is do you know that Morgan Fairchild is my neighbor and I see her like a couple times no like a month yes.
1: Are you guys friendly?
0: we are so friendly. Last year, she did a tree lighting ceremony. She was the host of like, in our like little town. Um, There's like a famous house that they do this big tree lighting ceremony every Thanksgiving. And she was the special guest host. Um, And so Miss Morgan Fairchild. And the lady remembers more about that movie than I think you and I (laughs) <laughs> times a hundred could have ever remembered. She was r- telling me like specific stories about when we went to New Orleans and when she took me to Cafe Dumont for my first time and she took us, were you out with us this one night where we went down into a basement, like really like far off from the French Quarter and she took us into a basement and I was like, what the hell is going on? What is Morgan Fairchild doing? Um, like, is am she murdering me? Like we're doing a horror film right now, like not. Not sure what's going to happen. And it was one of her friends, like from way back in the day, who was a famous um trumpet player. And it was like his local bar that was for locals only. And we got to listen mm. to live jazz music. That's it, was, sick. it was so sick. It was so sick and so much fun. And I will never forget that like, that was my first experience with New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What a good, what a good one.
0: What a great experience. Well, what is it like being from New Orleans? I mean, do you think that this is why you have such a passion for music and for art and everything? Like, cause you were totally immersed in this like beautiful culture.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, New Orleans, it's a city, you know, you grow up like yeah. a city kid fast. You party, you, you're exposed to all sorts of culture and, I mean, New Orleans is really special in that regard because for once a year we have Mardi Gras, which is, I describe as a controlled riot.
0: Oh my God, incredible.
1: Um, <laughs> and it's like, it's there's, there's nothing like it. I mean, you know, people have this idea of Mardi Gras, this debaucherous, uh, sinful Show your thing. boobs
0: for some beads. Yeah, yeah, right.
1: That's what people, that's the image people have. And yeah. it is that, it right. is that. But it's really a lot more as well. It's a family holiday. It's multicultural. Right. It's all sorts of various traditions from different neighborhoods around the city, between you know, Black New Orleans, White New Orleans, Native American New Orleans, um, Latin New Orleans, right. Vietnamese New Orleans. I mean, there's there's so many different parts to it, and it's and it's not just that one day. It's it's two in a way, three weeks long. Yeah. So for th- for three weeks, the whole city sort of shuts down. Wow. And takes to the streets together right and that's this really incredible sensation where like we all join forces and we're all on the same team and we all have the same goal which is to you know it's almost like the christmas spirit
0: yeah yeah no exactly it's exactly like the christmas spirit and you know it's funny that you 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 say this because i i i will never forget when i so the, the movie that we did was called american horror house it was a sci-fi halloween movie it's, Spooky. Ooh. Um, I'm gonna for sure put a clip and people will laugh. I had I had an absolute (laughs) blast on it. Like it was so much fun. Oh my god, I
1: haven't seen it in so long. Oh my god.
0: I haven't seen it in forever, but it was I I just remember that that movie more than a lot of productions that I've worked on, which have been a lot, I remember so much about because I had such an incredible time outside of the set. And mm-hmm. I will never forget, literally, I think about it all the time, especially when there's some sort of world crisis of, you know, whether it be hurricanes or earthquakes or something like this. I think about you, how you said there was nothing more magical than being in New Orleans and being part of, you know, not the actual event of Katrina, not the terrible part, but to see like what community does for one another, um, and you talk about that—that that there it is instilled in you in the people that are from New Orleans that live there—that there is this sense of community and love and support. Mm-hmm. And- and you could feel that every single place that you went. Um, mm-hmm. The city is literally love. It just exudes from the like old haunted buildings. You can just feel the history of, of just like a support system. And I'll never forget that because when I was going out, and we literally went out all the time exploring and meeting new people. And I felt yeah. such a... It was the first place that I had felt such a longing to want to live in, without really knowing anything about a city, just from the few you know months that I spent there with you guys. Because it just there's something it so draws special. People
1: in. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of people in New Orleans that we refer to as transplants. That so many people you meet in New Orleans, their story is I came for blank and then I never left.
0: Yeah, you
1: know it, it has that same draw that like some European cities have, where someone moves. To Paris, and then they go, I have to be here, right. Amsterdam. Right. New Orleans has that. They go, and actually, that's what my family was. My dad came down to Jazz Fest, and he wow. was like, What am I doing anywhere else? We're moving. Let's go.
0: Oh my God, and we went to that Jazz Fest and that was the most fun. Yes. And that's what I'm talking about. I mean, I was so lucky to be there at a time where I've always wanted to go for Mardi Gras, but I'm also super um, claustrophobic and scared of crowds. So I'm not sure how well I would do in that. But Jazz Fest was really fun also because it just felt like everywhere you walked in the streets and like every bar you went to and every restaurant you went to, it was like open arms, come on in and you don't feel that support there's something about being alone in that city where you never feel alone.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's you know, moving to LA, uh, I would be like everyone I saw on the street, I'd be like, hey, yeah. <laughs> looking at you like, what? Don't talk to me.
0: You're insane, like you're a crazy person. Like And then like weird. coming
1: back to New Orleans, you walk down the street like ignoring people and they're like, Hello.
0: We're here. <laughs> Welcome, wake up. Like,
1: <laughs> right. Like you go like, Oh, I'm just gonna check out and buy this, and they're like, How how's your day? What do you, oh, what do you,
0: my God, are you, getting, so you got a party nice. you're going
1: to, this is, you're buying some cool stuff. You
0: know? I mean, that's the thing, right? There's like a heart and soul there. Now, were you totally inspired? Now you beyond an actor and I want to get into one of your recent films in, in a bit, but you know, you are an incredible musician and I don't know if a lot of people know this about you and you play the piano better than anyone and you can fucking rap better than anyone <laughs> what was the name of your band that you were in when we were when we were recording it was you and another yeah. guy in your rap band and it was fucking amazing yeah the the
1: uh the bare-handed bear handlers
0: yes oh my god the music was so
1: crazy.
0: <laughs> now almost- did you always want to do music was this something that was a passion of yours or was it acting you're you're just kind of a born performer i'm assuming
1: yeah. Um, no, it wasn't really always a passion of mine. Actually, I didn't really get into music until college or slightly thereafter. In college, uh, wow. Owen, Owen, my partner, uh, my 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 music partner in the Bear, Hand, Bear Handlers, who uh, you're talking about, he was always in college. We were um, next door neighbors in this house we lived in, and he would always be playing super loud electric guitar. And I took this old crappy Casio keyboard from my parents' house, and I would just try to. Figure out okay C D G yeah. F A like just trying to keep up figuring and learn it out the on your own yeah yeah and I kind of had this theory that if I could just learn what all the notes sounded like right. and get that into my head and into my heart that it would just like coalesce and become musical talent eventually right
0: right, right. Uh,
1: but and that didn't really work in college That's but okay. then. But then after college, I got this book that I was never too far away from my piano, The Complete Beatles. Oh my song gosh, book.
0: amazing.
1: And it's just every single Beatles song with the lyrics and the chords. And yeah. then it shows you how to play the chords on guitar. So I took all everything I'd been teaching myself in college with like the C D E, and then I turned that into playing the full chord. And then I was trying to figure that out, and then I kind of got stuck. So I decided to teach myself guitar because all the chords were in there. Right. And then and then I came back to piano with like the the playing piano like a guitar, like right. just jamming. Right. Right. And then I worked through all the songs in that book, and now I have thirty other books. And I just you know and then so that you're self taught,
0: brilliant genius, cool, awesome, great. Thank <laughs> you so much for being on the show. I'm glad that it uh, was that easy for you. <laughs> No, but I think that that's so awesome. And it just shows that you literally can teach yourself anything you put your mind to. Like, if you're inspired by something, you can fucking do it.
1: And you know what it really was, too, though? Like, uh, right after college, um, I spent, like, three months without – I didn't have much going on. Mm -hmm. And I would wake up every morning, and I'd go over to the piano, and I'd open that book up and just start on page one and see if I could play through the whole book.
0: Wow. Wow. Every,
1: every song I knew I'd stop and I'd try it. And after the last 10, 15 years of that, whatever it's been now, I know, you know, half the songs in the book and I've gotten much better.
0: And you Um, just play around on your own now and create your own music. So there must be some sense of like, you know, there it's, it's an emotional outlet for you. It's like a creative outlet. It must relax you be meditative if you will, you know,
1: exactly. And that's really what it was for me. Like, I love the idea of writing stuff. And I'll be honest, there was like a girl back then. And I, the first song yeah, I ever wrote, I was like, I'm writing, Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to write her a song, you know? So that was like <laughs> what got me starting to write music. But initially, I just wanted to be able to express myself. I just like was like, I'm feeling right. sad today. Let me play Eleanor Rigby. Or I'm feeling happy. Right. Let me play I Want to Hold Your Hand. It was just a way to like...
0: therapy. I, I used to
1: always... Yeah, the, the I used to always say that the Beatles have a song for every feeling you could be feeling.
0: How did you get into being an actor then? Like, was this out of college?
1: No, that was something I fell in love with when I was younger. Um, I kind of just like had this attention whore aspect of my personality. Are you
0: like- a Gemini?
1: I'm a Gemini. I'm a
0: Gemini. See, I knew, I remember.
1: I'm, I'm, a, I'm a middle child.
0: Oh my God. Well, so I was like, look at chi- me. I'm an only child. I had no one to talk to, but my, but the people in my brain. So yes.
1: And then basically, uh, like, I didn't really have the desire to show off though. Oh,
0: interesting. Uh, like-
1: I, I would just secretly kind of be like, I could do that.
0: Um,
1: and then one of of my good friends in third grade was like the lead of the school play and he got all this attention and praise and I was sitting there going, I could do that. So the next year I was, and I I didn't, I didn't go out for the role that year. So the next year I was like, I'm going to go out for the role. And then I was the lead.
0: Oh my God.
1: And then I never looked back. I was like, that was fun. I love all this attention. Let's keep doing this.
0: Oh my God. So it started as like middle child syndrome.
1: Yeah, and then my mom, you know, my parents are great. They're really supportive. So my mom was like, oh, he loves this acting. She started putting me in summer programs and stuff like
0: that.
1: And I I fell in love with just, like, the theory and the art of it because I, I always knew I wanted to be an artist. Yeah. But, like, my older brother has this incredible ability to just, like, like look at your face and then draw a photo realistic. Wow! And like, and then I would be doing like the smiley face. Like yeah. he's good. He's he's really good. Or the good Stussy at that.
0: sign. Remember the Stussy sign? The the S. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> the I'd be like, S? I S. I was actually thinking about this the other day. That I remember one day going, Matt, how come everybody knows how to draw skulls?
0: No, and he was.
1: And he was like, it's, like, really easy. You just, like, do, like, the classic. It's not realistic. It's, like, a cartoon skull. Yeah. And I was like, can you teach me? (laughs) he, like, taught me how to draw a skull.
0: So your family is really creative then. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's the thing. It's a gift at the end of the day, you know. You
1: want to see my prized possession? I
0: do want to see your prized possession.
1: This is a painting by my great-grandfather.
0: Oh, my God, that's beautiful. (gasps) Is that a sailboat in the background?
1: Yeah, he's got this like little camera.
0: Wow.
1: And he's standing in the (gasps) water.
0: That is so special. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's your great grandfather or your grandfather?
1: Great grandfather. That
0: is so cool that you have such a special piece. (gasps) And you have these in your home just like, oh my gosh. So your whole thing, it is in your blood, Dave Davis. It is in your (laughs) blood.
1: Yeah, I always knew I wanted to be creative. I, I you know, that's what I like doing.
0: And when you would perform, did you feel such a, you know, beyond it being like an "in" quote unquote popular thing, right? And you became popular from it, um, and you got no, the attention. No, no, well, I no. don't mean popular, but you got the attention, <laughs> and you got like the 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 recognition that you always wanted and deserved. But did you feel like just kind of, I don't know. For me, the the way that I always describe it is when I'm, you know on a set. I feel more at home on a set in front of, you know, 150 people, you know, working, you know, around me and and collaborating than I do anywhere else in my life. Like, did it feel kind of like a home to you?
1: Yeah. It was, it's like, it's, it's like feeling like everything is in the right place. Like, you know, where you are, where you're supposed to be that sensation of like the butterflies going through your stomach before right. you go on stage and those nerves and you and want to throw kinda, up. <laughs> yeah. And your body tells you like either run away and shut down yeah. or like buck up and let's go. I'm like right. making that choice to just be like, there's nothing to it, but to do it. Right. And that adrenaline and that joy and that like the thrill of looking into another actor's eyes and really connecting with them. Yeah. And then like hearing the breath of the audience respond to, to the conversation you're having where yeah. people go like, oh, or like, Oh, or like, you know, just, I mean, there's nothing, it's just, it's human connection. It's the best.
0: I was just talking about this with a friend um, who does stand up. And we were saying that there's nothing better than the instant gratification. And it's something that I miss, you know, being, um, like in a, a serious film or or mostly film and, 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 and drama, but that's what I love so much about doing um, sitcoms because it's in front of a live audience. And then instant gratification of someone laughing at a joke or not laughing at a joke. That's why I, I secretly am someone that loves auditions, right? Because whether you love me or hate me, I'm going to know in that moment. And that's why it's hard for me. I'm not someone that really enjoys doing tapes. I'm, I'm overly critical of myself and I'm just like, oh my God, I can't watch it. And then I end up sending mm-hmm. a really terrible take because I'd rather send bullshit than actually watch the work. Right, you know? we,
1: can't, we can't judge ourselves based on... We're like, I like this one, and everyone else is like, "That's clearly the worst one." And you're
0: like, "What?" I think story of my life right now um, <laughs> yeah. is exactly what it's about. That's why I have other people watch it for me. Um, but, but Sorry. it is—it's that—it's that rush and it's that adrenaline, and there is nothing in the world that's that's like that kind of drug, if you will. You know. Um, but yeah. do you feel like you still get that rush when you're on set as well? Because it's kind of the hustle and bustle.
1: You can. You can sometimes, but it usually comes from the crew. Yeah. You know, it, it usually is like you do a scene that you're really proud of or that people really connect with, and the crew goes, nice. Like, And you feel the energy. Actually, it's funny. What's coming to mind at the moment is um, this uh, project I did this year, which I'm really proud of. We can talk about it later.
0: Yeah. Um, well, let's talk but, about it. What um, is it?
1: So it's actually funny. Um, I can trace pretty much my whole career at this point. I can trace directly back to American Horror
0: House. What? That's so fun. Yeah.
1: Because on American Horror House, I, I like telling people that was like film school for me.
0: It, it Griff, was. Director, it kind of was for all of us. I was like us.
1: shadowing him. Yeah, yeah. I was like, let me learn everything I can learn. I was still super green. Um. Anyway, I met Isaiah, if you yes. remember him. He was doing, he was Love doing him. locations at the time. He later produced a movie called Bomb City.
0: Yes, which uh, that is, I
1: was the lead in.
0: I would that, love to say, "Oh,
1: audition
0: you auditioned for that?" Because I was about to say, "Like that must have just been given to you." Because that was, you were. So, Bomb City was a film. Can you tell everyone a little bit about what it what it was about? And it's a movie that I highly recommend going and see. I was so honored to go to a special screening for it, and it blew it blew me away. <clears throat> like I've never, because I couldn't believe this was a true story.
1: Yeah, it's a true crime story about the murder of a young man named Brian Denicky uh in Amarillo, Texas in 1996. And basically he was a punk rocker and he was attacked and killed by a football player. Mm-hmm. And the football player never served a day in jail for it.
0: It it's un and it's unbelievable and it's so powerful and you as an actor like, I, it's not even fair for me to say that you were an actor in that point. Like, because when I was watching, I didn't even realize that it was you. That is how, like, transcendent your performance was. I mean, truly, it was like, I have chills, like, thinking about that performance. It was so incredible, and you brought such a beautiful story to life and, and just honoring this, this man so well. I, I mean, I can't even imagine the reaction from the family. They must have just been blown away and been so happy that someone was giving this, this voice, um, to this hate crime.
1: I actually just missed his brother. Jason Dennecke was in new Orleans last weekend and we just missed each other, uh, but we stay in touch. Um, but it, it was, was an incredible experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, that must have been just such a, a a moment for you to get into and relive over and over because just the scenes of the of the, the crimes and, and the there's such great music in it and everything about it. I mean, that must have been a heavy thing for you to be able to go, okay, I'm going to take the, my work hat off and I'm going to go home and decompress. Like, how do you even decompress from such a, a tough... Um, just like sickening story like that
1: well i was super method for that role you know i had a green mohawk foot tall
0: it was so um, awesome
1: and i was living in texas and you know you get you get treated differently when you have a green mohawk in texas you get looked at differently fake tattoos all over me. You know, I'd hold the door open for a little old lady and she'd look at me afraid. And I'd forget what, I'd forget what I looked like. So I was like, what are you afraid of? And then I'd look in the mirror and go, oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. This is who I (laughs) am.
1: But that's what the movie's about, you know, judging people based on how they look. Um, And so what I would always say is my job was a little easier in that film because Brian didn't have to live through the aftermath of his own demise. Right. He just got to, I just got to live in that joy and that energy that was Brian's life.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, But there would be moments because it was so intense and dealing with so much heartbreak and tragedy and the family and the friends, the community and subject matter that there would be times at the very end of a day when I'd be alone in the bedroom and I'd call my dad and he'd be like, how's it going? And I'd be like, let's let's break down. Explaining to him that like, you know, that day, some young woman came up to me and like gave me a hug and said, I thought I saw Brian's ghost watching you today. And thank you so much for bringing him back to life for that, you know, some similar conversation with Brian's mom and, or, you know, and and there was a a number of stories. I don't even mean there's so many, but I would usually that would happen when I'd be talking to my dad and then he'd say like, you know, just, Stick with it, keep your head up, and I go right. to sleep and I wake up the next day just like, ah!
0: Yeah, yeah, punk rock, let's do it all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How did you even like? I guess, like, with that story, what is something that you learned from the whole hate crime and and how this person was never punished and nothing ever came to it? Like, what was the message that you kind of carried that you wanted to portray with not only playing him as a character, but with the story, like, bringing it forward? Like, was there justice, like, that you, you know, knew that you could you could get a little bit to help out with the family?
1: Well, I'm getting chills right now thinking about it because... So it's sort of a two-part thing because on one level, like I learned so much personally about myself and about like what it, what it means to be alive, what it mean what punk rock is about, what it means to, to seize the day. Um, And it makes me think of the first day I had my Mohawk. um, I went out and there was this whole bar of people and I became aware that a lot of the people I was meeting uh, were, crew members. And a lot of people were doing this project as a passion piece because they knew the story. They were tangentially attached to that social scene in right. Texas. And um, and so I suddenly like had this sensation of I was being judged. People were looking at me like, who wow. is this guy who's going to come be Brian? Who could possibly step into his shoes? Wow. And we were out at this bar and it was live music. And I just had this moment where I realized like, Oh, this is up to me. Right. And I just jumped in the front and got the dance floor going and, like, was, and the whole crowd got going. And I think I was swinging around. I forget if it was my co star, my love interest in the film, or if it was one of Brian's friends, but we just got the party started. And then I never looked back after that. Nobody doubted me again after wow. that. Um, and, and so it's like, I tried to take that energy with me leaving the film, too, of like, why not? Why not go dance? Why not just right. live your life to the fullest and have, bring that energy? But I mean, obviously the film is about much deeper stuff too that we deal with in society. And I don't want to get too political, but unfortunately we haven't learned that much. I mean, we'll see how this Kyle Rittenhouse um, trial plays out in the right. next day or two, but it's an example of another privileged young white guy killing mm-hmm. people and potentially getting away getting with, away with it. it, we'll see. And you know, it's absolutely horrific, and that's why I think the story of Brian is so essential to tell, and why I think that film will live on for many years because it's a story that has been echoed so many times. Sadly, so,
0: so many times. But it's, in, it's just a, a it's a beautifully done. It's beautifully told. It's beautifully acted, and it just you just gave such heart and soul, and I'm just like so honored that I was able to see it. And I can't wait for everybody to see it. Um, Bomb City, you can check it out anywhere, I'm sure. And I totally interrupted your complete story of how everything from American Horror House <laughs> has led to this. And I was like, wait, I love this movie. Let's talk about this one. I mean- if we're gonna stop, okay, the, so wait, if we're gonna stop um, on the vigil path, uh, like path, let's talk about vigil next. You know, is that, the that next so? That's path? what's next. That's okay, what's next. Okay. So,
1: Bomb City, unbelievably, the director of the Vigil, uh, Keith Thomas, he saw Bomb City, saw me, Texas Green Mohawk, and thought, "That's my Hasidic Jew right there."
0: <laughs> L- and, uh,
1: <laughs> and then he went onto my Wikipedia page. Where it says I'm a Jew from New Jersey, <laughs> which the, the the funny story behind that is my yeah, I little can't brother. It's
0: on your Wikipedia,
1: <laughs> my little brother made that Wikipedia like you know he he made the first blurb like ten years ago or something.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: And I went, Brett, what are you doing, dude? I'm a character actor. I don't need people to know my my past, my heritage. I don't yeah. need it to flavor my performances. You know, I don't need anyone to have any preconceived (laughs) notions about me. Meanwhile, all of a sudden this guy's like, yeah, I got, I found out from Wikipedia. I said, I need someone like that. And then I found out you were Jewish. And I went, no, I need that guy.
0: (gasps) Oh my gosh. And that's how it happened. Okay. So the, okay. vigil is another movie that I was so honored to have a pre-screening of. I feel like I'm like Dave Davis is super fan. Like I always get invited to like the, like (laughs) premiere. And it was so freaking awesome. Um, Vigil, explain what it is because what you did psychologically with it was what moved me so much because as we know, this is a mental health podcast. I, you know, I live with bipolar disorder. This is all like blah, 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 old news. But I love watching films where people portray mental health, mental illness, things, noises in their head and like how moving and important your story was in Vigil. So it's also scary as shit and I am loving horror films like nothing really scares me and this one I was like nope can't watch this with the lights off can't do this so please tell everyone what Vigil was about because that was like spooky
1: yeah so well it's a horror movie first and foremost yes um I really always think of it more as a psychological thriller drama um really it's a mental health story yeah, um, and and that was something that was really important to me from the beginning in my conversations with Keith, where I'd be like, "Hey, you know what, uh, what, what, what is this guy? You know, in, in the script he's taking pills." But what pills are is he taking? What, what has reason? he been diagnosed right. with? What exactly are the symptoms? I don't want this to just be like mental health problems. Well, and and
0: that's it- what I want to thank you first and foremost for, because it's very clear that you didn't just go into this thinking like, oh, he's got a mental health issue. We're just going to like leave it bland because so many artists so many writers and directors kind of leave it as so like blase and it's like it is what it is it's just like a little thing but you know it, it's not it, it that would be like saying like someone like oh someone has an illness like uh, you know what I mean well what kind do they have cancer do they ha- right. live with HIV do they have diabetes do they have a broken bone well like what that changes the <laughs> exactly. whole narrative yeah
1: because it's and, and as an actor you need to know that because it's like do I have a cough? Am I limping? Right. What is it? right? Like, right.
0: right, right.
1: <laughs> you can't you can't be like, I've got a broken leg.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh my God. yeah, exactly that- no, but it's so true. What did the director like what did he have like the experience with mental health that you guys worked through this together to kind of like figure out and finagle the best kind of idea? Yeah, he's
1: he's a super interesting guy and and he was great because he was willing to. Discuss and work out everything that I wanted to be like. Hey, what about this? What about this? Um, and he has an ex- he has uh, a history in research medicine. Oh, cool. So he's he's got experience with you know pharmaceuticals and all sorts of stuff. So when I was like, you know, what medication do you think he's on? He had a couple ideas, and I did some research and was like, yeah, I think that one that one you know I understand, or I think I could relate to, right, or right. you know something like that. Um, and I've struggled with you know pretty severe depression in my life. So that I brought that into the character a lot, um, to his anxiety, and right. his fear. Um, and I think that's really what the film ends up being about. But to answer your question, what it's about for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's um, the director writer wanted to make the first Jewish horror film, because so many horror films are steeped in Catholic lore,
0: right, he wanted right.
1: to do a traditional classic horror film, but with a different cultural background, right? Um, and it's and
0: spooky re- as shit.
1: <laughs> I learned I learned Yiddish for the role.
0: I know you did. It was so good.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was fun. And then and then that led to the film that I did this year, in which I play a Catholic priest.
0: What? <laughs> are you Catholic too? You are just good messing with my head right now. Stop it. So how did that? And so it's isn't it so funny how our life in career and I guess just life in general, everything is a a series of of, of unfortunate events, right? Like the like the book, oh, you hopefully know? not, hopefully um, fortunate, but in a good way. You know what I mean? In a good way. And it's so funny how like that one movie. So explain to me, you're a priest.
1: Yeah, so the film is called Resurrected. <gasps> and the premise is that the Catholic Church has figured out how to resurrect people from the dead.
0: Oh, yes. And
1: fast forward, my son is the first resurrected person. <gasps> and fast forward five years, or eight years approximately, um, and 90% of the world has converted to Catholicism. <gasps> Shut and up. I've become a priest and it's, it's, it's sort of a, the film is a, it's a thriller. It's really interesting because it's in this new style called uh, screen life.
0: What's that?
1: So basically it's what we're doing right now where um, a lot of the the interactions in the film happen over Zoom-esque phone calls like this.
0: Oh my God, that's so cool because it like made it probably COVID safe.
1: Well, no, not actually. That was sort of what popularized the idea of the genre. But, you know, we filmed on a set with the full crew, um, but it means that it's faster to shoot. Right. Um, and it means that it was sort of difficult because a lot of times I was working with actors like this. They weren't wow. necessarily in the same room with me or even worse they were in the same room with me and I had to pretend that they were right here. Oh
0: my God, there is nothing worse than having to record on a like a Zoom chat like this, like with someone in the house. Like I've done this before where things have not worked one time for someone else's podcast and it had to be like four of us in different rooms. Well, And I'm like, I, I hear you back there, bud. I hear you, I know what's going yeah. on. Oh my God, was it cool or was it kind of like took you out of the art?
1: Well, because that was what the film, what was happening in the film, it was sort of, it worked. Right. Um, Because like in the film, I'd be like, Doing some research, studying, finding, yeah. digging in the mystery, and then like boop, boop, I get a phone call from you know my ex-wife and answer it. Hey, what's going on? And then boop, boop somebody else. Hold on, I got to take this and stuff like that. <gasps> so it was it worked for the character and for the for the story. And bizarrely, the director was not able to get out of Russia at the time. What? So he direct, he directed the movie over Zoom. <laughs>
0: you are kidding me. Was that just like yeah. the most bananas experience ever? <laughs>
1: That was pretty wild. That was pretty wild. I really like him, though, so uh, it worked out great.
0: Oh my god! And so, when does this film come out?
1: Hopefully next year. I haven't uh, pestered him in, in a month or two, but I know they were planning on having a rough edit done by the end of October. So,
0: oh my um, gosh, we should,
1: we that's should be so Kedden's
0: exciting! Progress. Oh, no. my God. That's so exciting. You know, it, when you talk about how, you know, you put your work into like how you were talking about, like for, for Vigil, for instance, like, you know, when you you suffer your own depression and anxiety and so you put that into your films, like what is something that you do to kind of decompress at the not even at the end of the day for, for work, but just in general, like for your own, you know, mental like sanity, like Is there any sort of meditation? Is there anything that you do, some sort of modality that you would recommend to others?
1: Yeah, I have a few things. I mean, definitely exercise is crucial for my mental health. You know, I go, sometimes I'll go months because of injury or something like that without exercising. And I notice a huge difference. Creativity, highly necessary. Um, Music, guitar, I have a drum set over here that's really good for when I'm feeling angry. Oh,
0: that's a good way to release. um, Yeah.
1: Recently, uh, we acquired a pottery wheel, so I've been throwing pots, which is super, super meditative and fun. Oh my god! It's like
0: Ghost the movie. Are you kidding? (laughs) What is going on, Demi Moore? Oh my god! Take
1: you down. I'll show you some some pieces. That
0: is so awesome. How did that's such a random thing to acquire?
1: Yeah, my girlfriend's really good at it and it's a hobby of hers. So she was like, we need to get a wheel. And as soon as it was in the house, it's like a big toy. So I was definitely going to start playing with it.
0: Oh my God. It's totally a state of like meditation, like just like getting out of your head, which I think is the most important part. What is something that you would recommend to people who, you know, maybe are not in in the incredible business like we are, but want to find some sort of creativity like inside them? Like, you know like do you do you enjoy just like writing by yourself and kind of writing your thoughts down and releasing all of that because that's like for me writing is the hardest thing in the entire world to do because I judge myself the most because that's when the truth comes out right when you're like writing me
1: too and it's uh, actually really funny that you say that because I was about to start like being really self-deprecating and be like yeah, I love writing. I used to write a lot, but I don't really do it anymore. <laughs> you know, I've been I've been doing other things. And then as I was forming that thought, I looked over and I, at something I literally wrote this morning.
0: <laughs> oh no, um, my God, that's amazing.
1: <laughs> which was supposed to be music lyrics, but I didn't put it to music. So it just ended up being a small thought.
0: Do you have things Here, like says, jotted down everywhere in the house? Because that's yeah, like me, it just
1: yeah. says. It says, you're going to learn something no matter how hard you try not to take on any extra love And then you're going to smile.
0: Oh, my God. I love that.
1: Let it roll off. Don't let it take a toll on you. You're going to learn something before you die. That's it. That's
0: That's actually very deep. That was like a morning thing that you wrote down. That's very deep. I was not prepared for that. Mine is like, go to the grocery store, like go to home goods. Like mine's like very simple writing. (laughs) Like It's like not that special. And so what is next? What is the next project for you in your life? Is it music? Is it acting? Is it directing? Like we gotta get you directing something because you're such a visionary. I think that you would just like absolutely just have the time of your life doing that.
1: That actually is uh, the next step for me. I have a script now that I'm not going to tell you anything about, but, um, well, I I'm going to star in asked-
0: it. Oh my God. That's so nice of you to offer <laughs> it live on this show. Wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, no, I mean, I was telling you about it. Um, our friend, our mutual friend, Dave Bush wrote a script for me. I came to him with an idea and he wrote a script for me and, um, I told him that I wanted to direct it and, um, and act in it. And, uh, we're working on the script now. He's actually coming over tomorrow. We have another meeting to talk about it. So Um, exciting. Yeah, once we get that script up and running, I'm going to try to put some money together, and I want that to be my first uh, directing piece.
0: God, it's going to be so fun to just, like, be able to curate and make your own art, like, every single piece, every detail. I think that that's what's so special about directing is every, yes, it takes a village to make a movie, right? But I mean, Mm -hmm. as an actor, you can, you know, I I think that, yes, if you are the lead of a show or the lead of a film, you can put in your two cents and you can do your art direction and stuff like that, right? But unless you're the director and you really truly can be the visionary and you're allowed to kind of be that person on set, you know, that's when the true freedom comes in of, of, of art. And I think that there is nothing... Better than that, you know? I I really, what my dream is, and I'm gonna ask this, is I would like you to get back into your rap group um, my my favorite thing in the entire world and all I've ever wanted to do my entire life is direct music videos. There's something about <laughs> like art, like with the art with music to me, I'm so inspired and I can hear a song for the first time and know exactly what the the idea of what I would make it visually look like. So yeah. I think that that for well, You me, have so much style. I have so much style, but like, I think it's because I used to be a dancer. I mean, I'll always be a dancer, but because I was like really a dancer, dancer, I see things from like a performer's point of view. You know what I mean? And I love, I would listen, I would love to direct something. If I was going to direct anything other than a a music video would be a sitcom actually i think that's really my my true art is in that um but i really want you to start the rap game back up again okay and that's what i want i want you to dress as a as a rabbi i want you to dress as a catholic you know priest as a punk rocker we're gonna have to create different characters for you <laughs> and it's gonna be the most absurd music video and i think everyone is going to love to see it so that is what i ask i'm in
1: i'm in i love
0: it Dave, I'm going to ask you my final question. What is your emotional support?
1: Right now, it's puppies. It's 100% my puppies. They are my favorite thing. I literally, my back is killing me right now because Rudy is like a little under the weather and it's cold out at night here right now. So I've just been sleeping with her snuggled right under my arm. So I just spent all night like this. Like from the time I went to sleep to the time I woke up, and I looked down, and she just looks at me like,
0: "Oh, with the big eyes." Yeah,
1: and I mean, nothing makes me happier. I've been like blowing off all my friends. Like, you want to come out? No, I'm good. I got my puppies right next to me. Oh my god! Forget the rest of your
0: life. This is it. You are a dog (laughs) dad. (laughs) Like, there is nothing better than than emotional support animals, though, honestly, because. I find that you're what I'm, I know you've been a dog lover and stuff, but what you're going to find now is like when you come home from a set or something and you've had a rough day and you're like crying, yes, your partner can be there for you. And yes, you know, whoever could be there, but there is nothing better than a heartbeat to heartbeat connection. Put the puppy's heart next to your heart and just like let it out. And there is nothing better.
1: (laughs) I always think about you because, um, specifically for this, because you had Dottie with you. Yeah,
0: No, I had Pee-wee with me. I had Pee-wee with me Pee-wee on set. pee with
1: you on, on set when we met. Yes. And at the time, you know, it was like my second movie or something. And you were yeah. like the star and you were been, been around, you know, you had experience. And I was like, that's so crazy. Like who would bring their dog to work? I don't get that at all. And then <laughs> when I got the puppies, you know, they were so little, we were bottle feeding. Them. Yeah. We had to get up every two hours to feed them. Like, weren't going to sleep in, right. I had to teach them how to go to the bathroom. And I was asked to do this movie. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to do it because of the hurricane and my family needed my help. Um, but as I was like trying to figure it out and make it work, I was like, all right, but the puppies got to come.
0: They got to come. I'm bringing
1: the puppies. I'll only do it if the dogs can be there with me. And now I get it. Because like I and then I did this other thing. I was gone for like for like two weeks. I was gone, and the whole time I was just like miss the dogs.
0: I I know you become so attached to them that you can't like live or breathe without them, and that is what Pee Wee. I mean, Pee Wee is fourteen, and he goes everywhere with me and I get so back in the day I used to get so much judgment from it like all the time because they'd be like oh it's like Paris Hilton with her dog you know and it's like no 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 I cannot if I'm in the middle of having a panic attack which happens quite a lot or if you know anything is wrong he is the first thing that can be there to calm me down before like medical attention were to come or before medication or before a therapist you know what I mean like it's that instant Constant, you know, relief of this angelic energy. And I will never forget being on set of that movie and Pee Wee got stung or bit by one of those fucking oh, caterpillars that lives in that's New Orleans. Right. It's like a fuzzy caterpillar. They're and evil. They're evil. That little son of a bitch made Pee-wee get paralyzed like for an hour and he couldn't move. And I was like, what is going on? Where are we? And uh, he ended up loving New Orleans. He ended up loving it um, as I did. But but I will <laughs> never forget. I was like, oh, wait, maybe I should not be bringing my dog to a foreign like area that I'm not familiar with. Like no, yeah, in those the bayou. Are fuckers. Also, to be fair, we were shooting like in the fucking blue bayou of like... Like Disneyland, You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, we were, like, in the, like, like in the bayou. There were gators that were coming out every two seconds. And I was like, what is this area? But it was amazing, and I had the best time. Um, Dave, I'm so happy. I am friends with you. I'm so happy. I love that like you. We work together. I love you so much. Thank you so much for coming on Emotional Support.
1: Um, My pleasure. <laughs>